Welcome to American Road Trip Talk, where you meet the people behind the stories in American Road Magazine. My name is Foster Brown. In our spring 2014 issue of American Road Magazine, we presented the story of a three-wheeled, bullet-shaped orange car called Irby 2 in our Friends in the Fast Lane column. The strange little car represents the vision of two Canadians, Jim Corr and Bruce Stewart, who are building an aerodynamically perfect and absolutely energy-efficient vehicle. In part two of the Irby 2 story, Jim and Bruce describe how 3D printing will give their ultra-efficient vehicle the ability to cross the U.S. on just 10 gallons of gas. Today's interview is brought to you by the Illinois Road 66 Scenic Byway, where the mother road begins. From famous roadside restaurants to hidden gems, Route 66 in Illinois offers a journey back in time. And history comes alive every day in Springfield, Illinois. It's interactive time travel fun for the entire family. For more about great getaway packages, call 800-545-7300 or go to visit-springfieldillinois.com. Illinois, mile after magnificent mile. We're talking with Jim Corb and with Bruce Stewart. They are the co-founders of CoreLogic and uh, the people behind a, a vehicle that we saw called the Irby 2 which is in our Friends in the Fast Lane column in the spring issue of American Road Magazine. We're talking about a, a vehicle now, and it's, it's kind of fascinating. We described it in the first part of our conversation as a, a kind of a bullet-shaped type thing. It, it's developed uh, aerodynamically to be as efficient as possible. Two wheels in front, and the steering wheel now is the wheel that steers the direction of the car is in the back. Um, it's called the Irby 2. Bruce, talk to me a little bit about this fascinating concept of 3D printing and the development of the Irby 2. Well, 3D printing uh, came on board with our project uh, more out of necessity than uh, a decision on our part. We needed to, to make the panels for our car. We've talked already about the aerodynamic and unique shape of the car. And uh, we looked at traditional ways of making molds and making it out of fiberglass like you would have done before. And Jim has been aware of the uh, 3D printing uh, possibilities for many years now, and we talked to the good people in Stratasys down in Minneapolis, and uh, they were willing to help us out with this. And uh, Irby is actually the world's first 3D printed car. Now, would you explain to our (laughs) our listeners how in the world you print a car? I mean, most of us are used to the notion of printing something uh, on a a printer, obviously, and, and heaven knows they're getting to be pretty much everywhere now because of uh, low cost. But there's this new phenomenon of 3D printing. Can you describe what that means and how you would develop a three-dimensional part out of a printer? Well, I think of it as a glue gun. Everybody, I think, knows what a glue gun is. It's something that takes uh, solid plastic, melts it down, and then extrudes it uh, hot so that it... uh, adheres to uh, the parts that have already been printed. And this this glue gun is controlled uh, by the computer and moves uh, all over the place, putting the material exactly where you need it and nowhere else. So it's a very efficient process, and you can make things with 3D printers that you can't make any other way. That's fascinating. You know, I had not thought of that, uh, Bruce, but 3D printing being very efficient, you don't have the waste which is a big part of manufacturing, so you can be very efficient in the way that you use your your base materials then. That's right, and also you can design things. Uh, I've been talking to Jim a lot about this over the last few years. He's quite excited about it in that he can design things that he just couldn't do before. It just wasn't possible before because when you have molds and the, the traditional ways of making things, you always have to be thinking about how 
you're going to get this part off the mold or out of right, the mold. Right. Whereas now, you know, we can, like, for instance, with, with Irby 2, we can design um, the interior surface, everything that you're going to see in touch, and all the passageways where the cables and the wiring and the, the air ducts and all that stuff is going to be, and the outside panels, all of, as one part. So instead of hundreds or maybe even thousands of parts that are in a traditional car, you're going to reduce that down to very few parts, very complex parts, but very few parts. My goodness. So you can actually print the channels for all these different things. I mean, you inside and out of these very complex spaces with a 3D printer. That's right. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. And if I can add something, like Please. even the, the airflow, like the typical ducting in a car, you know, isn't really designed for, for optimum airflow. Uh, but but when we use these, this simulation software like we did with the aerodynamics and get, get exactly the airflow we want, then we can design the ducts that will provide that. Oh, my goodness. So, so like a typical defrost in a windshield, let's say, you know, comes out at two points or four points. But you really want to come it coming out all underneath the windshield, right? With right, different right. different size holes depending on where the volume is, uh, where the flow is. So we can simulate that, and then we can produce that. In other words, produce even airflow all over the windshield, exactly what we'd like to do. And and uh, so Amazing. so uh, it is extremely liberating as far as, uh, uh, you know, it gets you away from these different ways, uh, sort of the manufacturing bias that, that has to come into it. Mm. And uh, with Irby 2, we're just trying to do about 60% of the car this way, uh, mm -hmm. and then we'll reevaluate it after that second prototype to see where it's most economic. You know, we, we, we can see that it's still extremely expensive a process, but, uh, but it's definitely coming, I think. So, uh, so it's something to consider. Let, let's talk about this. We're talking, by the way, with uh, Jim Core and with Bruce Stewart, who are co-founders of Core Logic and the people who developed the vehicle that appeared in our magazine called the Irby Two. I would imagine, guys, that uh, the the adventure in 2015, when um, Cody and Tyler Core, I understand, are the ones who are going to be making this trip. Am I right, Jim? Right, yeah, they're my two sons, and then it'll be our dog. <laughs> and your dog as well. Well, that 2015 target date you have, uh, first of all, are you, are you on target for that? 2015, do you think, to make the trip with them? No, we're not. Uh, you know, uh, it's sort of two years uh, from the time that we get secure funding, because we need I about a year to design the car, then about a half a year to build it, and half a year to test it. That's, that's following a pretty traditional R&D program like we would with uh, tractors or with, with buses. Uh, in other words, we, we've done the first prototype, which, which, it, to our satisfaction anyway, has right. verified that, that fundamentals are correct. And now we want to get, uh, do, do extremely proper detailed design and, of course, create a, a durable car that can make this trip and, and that feels and, and looks like a real car. Now, so the first, first urban prototype still, you know, looks like a prototype. I yeah. gotcha. I, now, by the way, guys, I'm, I was looking at, I uh, did some research in the background, and this looking at uh, a popular mechanics uh, site that had uh, Irby 2, the 3D printed car that will drive across country. And it looked like you, you had a good deal of uh, of the, uh, I could see, for instance, half of the uh, vehicle molding there and looked like some finished product. Was that the uh, prototype car that they were working on there? Well, we we started the Irby 2, and, and uh, we started by doing a lot of talking, actually. <laughs> A lot, of, I you know, a lot of a lot of talking on what what should stay the same and what should change on Irby One, and um, 
and, and we started just designing a few parts uh, now, but it's it's still uh, you know at a very slow pace compared to if we would get funded. I if gotcha. we would get funded, it would follow a you know a year a one year program to to having let's say ninety percent of the car all in CAD, all in computer, and then uh, half a year to build those parts from the computer. All right, Bruce. It, yeah. sounds, yeah. it, it sounds like uh, you you've got some sense of the money involved in this thing as well. So I'll put you on the uh, spot. How much would it take? Now let's just say that there's somebody out there who listens to our podcast here, American Road Trip Talk, and says, "Hmm, I'd like to see this happen." What would be the final ticket? to put this kind of car on the road with those two boys and a dog and heading across the U.S. on 10 gallons of gas? It, it takes more than you think, like more than most people think. You know, a typical program like this costs millions of dollars in sure. to do it all in CAD and that. And um, so, so, uh, but but we're, we're pretty frugal with money and pretty good with money. And, and like Bruce said, you know, we have to be incredibly innovative. So if someone's interested in investing millions, make sure to contact us through our <laughs> website. Can I, can I mention our oh, website? Oh, yes, please, please do. I, I want to yeah. make sure that people get to the, uh, to the website and find out more about this and, uh, if possible, help make the dream come true. I love it. Sure. So, so our website is uh, www.urbee.net, N-E-T. And we're getting getting attention like we, we shouldn't have a lot worldwide attention and we're getting some interest in funding it so hopefully we can hear that if i can add uh, one last thing uh, you know we're trying to define sort of uh, this uh, what you might call extreme end of the uh, car uh, you know in other words we're just not a motorcycle and and we're a car with three wheels and traditionally you know the public never has liked three-wheel cars but uh, but i think if if energy like I said, either becomes too expensive or too problematic. I mean, you know, we, we yep. do have a lot of problems with liberating this fuel into the atmosphere. And yep. and, uh, and and so when people get, get extremely serious about it, then then you have to run a car on extremely little energy. And then, mm-hmm. and then believe it or not, the, the, the answer the becomes starts looking more universal. Yes. In other words, you don't have much leeway. Uh, like you do when you ha- when you're burning lots of fuel. Yep. And you know you can have a car of any shape if you got lots of energy yeah, going true. into the-, <laughs> the, the, the the big old ones that I remember the fifties with the fins on them. Yeah, a lot of you know fins. That's right. Oh and and, uh, and now they're now actually Cadillac was more like the stealth fighter, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Bruce, question for you: Have you had interest uh, from Europe? Because I know that uh, I just recently heard a report that in Sweden. Uh, in the city of Gothenburg, they have actually set aside certain streets where these Google man, unmanned vehicles can drive. Uh, have you heard? I know Europe is very also sensitive to energy prices and costs. Yeah, we've been approached by a number of people uh, in Europe. In fact, Jim has been invited to speak over in Munich um, in the near future, I think in a couple of months, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, it's July 8th, and, and it's at the, uh, the BMW World. Uh, ah, yeah, and it's about, it's to do with innovation, the conference. And yeah, we were asked to to speak there about the car and about uh, additive manufacturing or the use of 3D printing in a car. So mm. there's a lot of interest in the car, uh, but I think um, you know the, the the concern on cost or the environment has to become really escalated for people. I think to take the car serious. I don't want you. I don't know if uh, if Tyler and Cody. The two young men, your sons, who are slated to make this trip, whenever it happens in the next few years, I don't want you necessarily to be a grandpa before that happens. <laughs> we prefer that too. <laughs> you would prefer that too. <laughs> we, you, you don't want them driving up to the nursing home to say, "Dad, we made it." 
hope not. Well, guys, I want to thank you very much for being with us here on American Road Trip Talk and for this extended conversation. It's been fascinating. The trip that they're uh, going to try to emulate somewhere in the mid uh, uh, 2010s teens here will be uh, the trip that Horatio Nelson Jackson took on a bet in 1903 when he left San Francisco, California and headed towards the uh, Atlantic Ocean at New York City. And uh, that's a trip that these guys are hoping their uh, Jim's hoping his two young sons and a dog will be able to make sometime in the near future. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being with us and for giving some of the background to this uh, fascinating image that we have in our magazine. Yeah, thanks for your interest, officer. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. This interview was brought to you by the Illinois National Heritage Corridor, which lies between Lake Michigan and the Illinois River. It's an outdoor recreational dream beginning with miles of trails and waterways, stretching from suburban Chicago all the way to Starve Rock State Park. The Heritage Corridor has everything you're looking for in a weekend getaway or your next tour or meeting. You've been listening to another edition of American Road Trip Talk, where we introduce you to the people and places behind the articles in American Road Magazine. Please subscribe to our regular podcast interviews through iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Visit us online at AmericanRoadMagazine.com for more information about the magazine, trip itinerary suggestions, fun contests, and a whole lot more. Until we meet again on the American Road, this is Foster Brown reminding you that the joy is in the journey.